Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Geomologist Presents. This, I guess this is a ongoing series that I'm having, but I've been able and have the, had the privilege to be able to interview, talk with, have a great discussion with um, create creatives in the game, the field that we love so much, the role-playing game hobby. And today I have Joe Salvador, the author of Eldritch Tales, the Lovecraftian white box game. He has a, a lot of other projects that are coming out soon besides that, and we will talk about them. Um, so welcome to the show, Joe. How are you doing today? I'm doing well, Carl. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. Right. So so I think the, the coolest product that I've been um, had the privilege again to be a part of it is this new uh, Sword and Sorcery Quick Start. Uh, well, you put out the Sword and Sorcery Quick Start for it, but it's a, it's a game called Reaver that is a Sword and Sorcery role-playing game. Um, I think I'll, I'll read your little blurb that okay. you have here on Drive Through <laughs> RPG. Less gonzo and more grit, inspired by the fantasy works of Robert E. Howard, Charles Saunders, Carl Edward Wagner, and others, with a heaping dose of historical adventure fiction by the likes of Bernard Cornwall and Paul Anderson. A unique dice chain mechanic that doesn't require special dice, etc., can be easily emulated. Player facing rules, action packed combat. Dark and dangerous magic, a meta currency, and uh, yeah. So, uh, tell me about. I know you can talk about Eldritch Tales because it's already there, and there's a lot of stuff for Eldritch Tales. Tales. I'm looking here on Drive Through. Uh, several adventures. Uh, uh, it looks like a magazine, the Eldritch Inquirer, the mm -hmm. game itself, and then a lot of like handout stock art, etc., that you did for the game. But then, you know, I got to know you honestly except for the occasional playing of Eldritch Tales and seeing you here and there on the Audio Dungeon Discord and other forums um, through the through the quick start, through well, through Reaver, through sure. the playtester Reaver. So let's talk about Reaver first. Okay, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't really know uh, where to go, actually. Uh, so Reaver's been in the works for quite a while now. Um, and it started largely as a rewrite of um, White Box. Um, I'm a big fan of that game. I love the simplicity of it. Uh, I knew I wanted to change it to some extent to make it more in genre, um, strip out some of the, you know, the, the, the high fantasy sort of things, uh, introduce some new mechanics. And over time, I mean, you've seen it uh, and any followers of your, of your show have kind of like uh, been a, a, gotten some tidbits, I guess. Uh, over time, it just evolved into something new. Um, what more than a year ago now, we decided to completely wipe the D20 you know, combat mechanics. Um, and we, we poured it over to a, a, a die chain system. Um, I mean, everybody thinks of like DCC with the die chain. Uh, Reaver, uh, the difference would be that it, it goes up to, to D20, D, D4 to D20. Um, there's three dice that are non-standard and those can be easily emulated with the dice you have. So there's no, no need to go and buy special dice or anything like that. Um, and then obviously recently uh, with this OGL situation that everybody knows about, um, I just decided to completely wipe uh, all of the OGL material that was left in the quick start. Um, so I could just, you know, wash my hands of it basically. Yeah. Hmm. Oh yeah. That's a curious you bring up the OGL, I guess, as a, as an author 
in the field who who did kind of use the OGL for Eldritch Tales mm-hmm. and and as a fan of, of White Box, like Sword and Wizardry and and the like. So yeah, how does that what does that do for see he said you wiped it, but what do you I don't want to say how does it make you feel that <laughs> like the future of like what I'm going to be doing. Yeah, yeah. 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 What is it? I guess how does it change your your strategy? I guess towards the you know towards designing games and um, well approaching approaching and publishing, right? Yeah, like you know, I've seen a lot of takes on it, right? Like, um, you know, people said that like the SRD and 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 the OGL is kind of like a crutch for the last twenty years, and people have been you know just making games based on that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if that's necessarily true, but I, I do foresee, uh, well, one, I don't know how Watsi's going to regain the trust of their, you know, their third-party creators and their fans. Um, I mean, it's D&D. It's not going to die, right? Yeah. One. Um, but, you know, for the future, I, I foresee a lot of new games coming out. And it's funny that, you know, we have been taking steps with Reaver over the past several months. and apparently uh it was a blessing right mm-hmm. um so we were able to like easily move away from that um but yeah I, I i foresee some new and interesting game mechanics coming out i'm really interested to see what uh the orc turns into um mm-hmm. with uh, paizo at all right uh, and also i know matt finch is also working on a sort of like an in-house license um, so mm-hmm. I'm really interested to see what he does. And obviously, like we, we were talking about Eldritch Tales, you know, I'm not really sure what, what's going to happen with that. Um, yeah. You know, it's it's unfortunate. I have uh, the Eldritch Inquirer 2, even like partly in layout. Um, and that's just been on a back burner for a long time. Um, I have a great little adventure from uh, John Large, Red Dice mm-hmm. Diaries, uh, that was, you know, basically ready to go. And because I've been focusing on Reaver and because of like real life, you know, I don't have a whole lot of time to work on stuff. Um, it's just kind of sad. So the future of that is kind of up in the air. I don't know if, I don't know if Eldritch Tales will get a sort of a second edition or I'll be able to just move forward with the Inquirers without the OGL entirely. I think that's possible. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's kind of like uh, trying times, I think, for a lot of publishers. I mean, you know, I don't rely on publishing for like my my living right but i know yeah. a lot of people do i mean look at jeff Delanian. Mm-hmm. um you know he's that's his thing right he, he is hyperborean now that's his his main job so what's going to happen with that and, you know I, I worry about all that like that's you know once he did everybody a little bit ugly on that yeah yeah it was a. Uh, it's crazy how they're i guess the thing that's to me the most shocking i don't know if it's shocking but is how they're kind of trying to backpedal on a lot of the initial leaks that came out, but yeah. it, it just seems like every time they they op- they put something down, it's just like they're digging a bigger hole. So it just it's almost it, it's it, it's becoming farcical, right? But but I think what's crazy too is that uh, there's some people I was looking at a forum or some posts that some people don't even don't haven't paid attention and don't seem to be bothered by it. They mm-hmm. just want to play the game. Um, they're just going to continue playing the game, whatever, whatever Wizards puts out, they're going to, yeah, they're going to I consume. Mean, um, I don't know. I, I, I know. Sure. Five no, I mean, that's very, a take too. Like, yeah, 5e has been very popular. Mm-hmm, it's, done them, it's done them well. 
um, and they're making a lot of changes. Uh, I'm not a lot. They're making some substantial changes, and they're couching it in sort of this. Uh, they're couching it in like you know, in like trying to protect the players and right. making it safe for everyone right. and, uh, and accommodating and accessible to everyone. Mm -hmm. I don't. I don't know. If, I, I don't know. I don't. I don't. But then they do. They do something. They say that, right? But then they do something very restrictive. Very, yeah, very, very, very you know, like what, like turn of the turn, of, not turn of the twentieth century, turn mm -hmm. of the, yeah, yeah, turn of the twentieth century, not right. turn of the twenty-first century, turn of the twentieth century, heavy-duty, heavy-handed capital monopoly right. type type <clears throat> tactic. So that like, mm -hmm. like they're talking. Well, clearly, I mean, so talking from two sides of their mouth, right? And, you know, yeah. and they're saying yeah. we want to be social justice warriors, yet. Yet they uh, to appeal to to a lot of their demographic, honestly, right? Mm -hmm. But then, but then they're going to be heavy-handed corporate, you know, gilded age, right? So we're we're going <laughs> to absolutely, absolutely, you can't be both, right? crush crush the competition, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and that's obviously, yeah, I feel like that's where it's coming from is that they want to they want to control a larger portion of the market. Um, mm -hmm. I I mean I don't know I guess like they're a company companies do what companies do I guess right Yeah yeah. Um, but, but I mean, like you said, like a lot of players, they just play the game. They, they're not publishers. Then the OGL is really going to affect them unless they really support those third party publishers and they don't even know it. You know, they're just buying stuff because it looks interesting or whatever. Maybe they just don't even realize what the restriction could do to them, um, yeah. could, could, how it could affect their table. Um, right. The only I mean, thing back, like, about I haven't been like a, like a Watsy customer, like a like a monthly Watsy customer since like third edition, right? I was buying all those books. Fifth edition, I have the three, you know, the three books, um, core books, and that's really it. I'm not their, you know, I'm not their main customer. Um, mm. I haven't been for a long time. I like the game. Five E is a good game. I'm playing. I'm two, uh, well, play by post and a and a uh, sporadic, you know, home game of Five E, mm. and it's a great game um yeah i don't know uh i don't know where i'm going with that <laughs> yeah well i i know for me like i think the the biggest complaint i i see about the new like one D D and what's come out for it is uh well now my half elf my i can't put x you know i can't put these stats on my half elf and i think half elves are kind mm -hmm. of broken I, I can't make my super hyped up half elf warlock and be i don't have to or but then of course people say well you don't have to be a half elf you can be a dwarf and do that but you know so yeah. there used to be certain certain types of characters and certain paths you would go on and mm -hmm. i guess with the new one you know you don't it's something that kind of in a way kind of paizo did suddenly with pathfinder 2 is it doesn't matter what ancestry you choose mm -hmm. you could you can get the bonuses you need to play whatever you want to play Right. Oh, gotcha. You're gotcha. Not so no, be... There's less restrictions on, on right. those kinds of things. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, and I, you know, I'm fine with that. I, like I like I see the the benefits mm -hmm. of having that it's an inclusive like environment. Yeah. Um, you want to be able to play any kind of character. You want like a half paladin and you know a, a dwarf ranger and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. I also appreciate like the old rules where it was restrictive and right. And, I mean, it was like that for a reason. Like, you know, it was supporting uh Tolkienian tropes i think yeah. um and then maybe that's not the right thing i don't i don't know there's no right answer i guess but um yeah i mean i'm, I'm happy both ways <laughs> uh, well that, that brings me to ask want to ask you an interesting question so how far back does the role-playing history of 
Joe S. Go? Oh, uh, <laughs> so let's see. I started playing D and D in like '86 or '87. Um, so that's like second. Is that second edition? Or no? Well, it was Menser, Menser Basic. Uh, okay. Friend at school was like introduced me to it. Actually, he let me borrow um, the Dragonlance trilogy, Dragonlance okay. Twilight. And I don't know if what which came first, but I remember loving that book, and that's kind of what kept me interested. Mm-hmm. Um, tried to learn how to play with with Beck me uh moved over to sort of an amalgamation of 1e and 2e played 2e for a gazillion years second edition we played quite a bit um and that's kind of like my you know a lot of people look back to 1e or you know homes or whatever i looked to second edition that was like what really uh sticks with me right um but no we played quite a quite a few of the old games palladium you know uh, ninja turtles robotech and all those Uh, marvel um never played top secret or boot hill that's all new to me Mm. uh gamble world i think we played in star frontiers briefly yeah uh played a lot of like um strategy games board games um yeah but i mean overall like i was pretty much in gaming for that since then uh, I think I did you take little, any breaks any breaks just I think when I was in grad school I took a little bit of a break but you know even then I think I probably played every once in a while um GM and player like uh, you know it's funny I think I'm, I'm kind of blessed because coming to like the internet and like playing with new players it sounds like a lot of groups have one GM and that's it hmm. and with my group and I don't know, maybe your group too, like everybody was a GM, we just took turns, you know, we just rotated and it doesn't seem like that's that's a thing anymore. <laughs> yeah, I guess it depended on the game. I know that some people, I, I don't know how I fell into being the GM most of the time, but that's kind of what happened. But I know at least early on, we had someone who would run like the, like would run like Twilight 2000 or Traveler. Mm. You know, and I, I kind of stuck with the D&D, although I did delve into Star Frontiers and had a, mm-hmm. a really fun Star Frontiers game for a, a good long time. Yeah. Um, but uh, but then somehow I, I don't know, maybe the people just didn't want to. They liked how I GM'd. I don't, I don't, it's hard to say, but then, um, you know, kind of grew into it. Yeah. Being yeah. Good. And he, in my, so in my home group now, I GM for them, but I, the other people our game masters as well for their own mm-hmm. for their own groups or, or okay and i yeah. guess every time i say well hey um um it'd be fun to take a break and if one of you guys can run something it, it just doesn't <laughs> doesn't pan out <laughs> yeah so, it's, so that's what i do like online where i get to play a lot um yeah as well as run because i think especially like a game that i i have but haven't run yet i like to see mm-hmm. how someone else runs it or or, sure. And sometimes a game that I have that I have run, I'd like to see someone else's interpretation. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. You know, we all have like this stack of huge, like huge stack of games that we've never played. Uh, right? Like, yeah, I have like I just bought a new, a new section. You know, I I love those that IKEA Calyx, mm-hmm. the boxes. Yep. And I just bought another section. Nice. Because I was like, oh, I have piles of stuff. I don't like having I know. piles. And I now <laughs> I now I'm fine. I have my I don't have piles around, so it's good. So I yeah, put cool. them up and I still have room, which is great because I got to move things around. And mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I'm happy. So I guess that means I can buy more games. Huh. Yeah, that's it too. Like I'm always <laughs> like I'm always like moving stuff. Like I'll like 
you know, I have some stuff on my shelf that I'm using and then I'm not using it for a while. So I put that away and get out some other stuff or I sell it or whatever. Yeah. It's always like a rotating door. So you focus, just focused on the games that you're creating or do you play or do you play anything else right now? And if you're, if you did have, let's say an extra day in the week, let's Mm -hmm. say we were in the Warhammer fantasy world and we had eight days instead of seven (laughs) and you had an extra day, well, it'd probably end up working. Right. But uh, But if you had an extra day just devoted to gaming, um and it, i guess you could probably would say reaver or we'll talk about your oh no next project would, but what if game, i can pick a game? game or what game or what like like what's on your like bucket list to run i guess mothership mothership okay i haven't run it and played it love it i have all the stuff for it <laughs> See, really? me too i'm, I'm waiting yeah, for I'm the i'm waiting for the next for the what well, we mm. haven't gotten the the box set yet right, right? i'm kind of really looking forward to and that. then there's some someone else came up with something pretty cool um that was like a, as a third party for mothership 2 that the, seemed pretty neat to the whole breach whole breach yeah got that yeah yeah, yeah. there's some so, stuff you know, uh there's some stuff on on kickstarter right now for for mothership as well i'll have to check that out yeah i'm, yeah. A, I'm a sucker for for that I'm, yeah, i guess i'm a I, super it's so weird to see like what kickstarter super backer like, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's crazy. but i do have i do love all that stuff i do have like you know um is it red is it red planet red planet i think uh yeah that sounds familiar um, yeah no dead planet dead planet okay it's a red right. co- it's a red remember. cover though it's a red yeah. cover yeah dead planet and then i I've, I've always wanted to run that and just see how mm-hmm. I, it yeah, just I seems would... very it's definitely very grim dark in space it's a very yeah. very challenging um it's kind of like i guess it, it would be like the uh, cinematic free league has aliens right and they have like the mm-hmm. cinematic mm-hmm. where everyone's expected to to die like in the movies right right to, and as opposed to campaign where you have more survivability yeah. but it seems like in mothership it's all it's all cinematic yeah it seems like it really, it seems like, really i think are. um you know and what really got me was the the simplicity of the that little percentile rule set man it's yeah. it's so interesting to me um my second choice would be simba room Oh, I, wow. I love that setting. The, yeah. the their own home system. Or... Yeah, either either one, ruins uh, or or the. Yeah, I love. I, I do like what they did in the five E. I've looked through it, but it's just to me so hard to sell like a five E game that is not, you know, Forgot bog homes. standard, bog standard, yeah. you know, vanilla. Um, sure. So because I because I do have a lot of cool five E stuff like like we mentioned, what we mentioned before we started uh, recording. Right there's a uh, there's some stuff that um, lost in the Lost Lands mm-hmm. verse, which is by uh, Frog God Games. They just came up with two, I think, Aegis of Empires and Splinters of Faith, yeah. two kind of long uh, adventure paths, and and then there's a Simbarum, but then there's like the anthropomorphic Beowulf. like like Historia yeah. Historia yeah. Beowulf, right? Yeah. A, but uh, you I, know, fact, I, there's another uh, a five E product on my back that hasn't hasn't shipped yet. Um, and it's like mythic Ireland. I can't remember what it's called now. Oh, wow. Huh. Uh, Heroes of Tara, maybe. Interesting. Yeah. I then, huh. Yeah. Um, I even yeah. got, I even, uh, I, I even, I don't know, like I said, I'm a sucker for a, I'm a sucker for good art that I see on a Kickstarter. Mm. <laughs> and I even yeah. got, uh, I got like the um, Inferno, the Dante's Inferno playing a campaign where you go to Oh, hell. you talked about that. Yes. Yeah. That sounds interesting. That's fascinating. Actually, what I, one of the coolest things, I mean, there's so much art in that. It's it's, it's kind of like an art book, really. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's there's mm-hmm. like, um, and they have like, um, they read, I guess, because it's public domain. So they reprinted, republic, uh, reprinted uh, Dante's Inferno. 
but wow. like every canto has like an art piece with it and you know and then there's like double spread i mean it's a really beautiful like mm -hmm. big like it's a table book of dante's inferno effectively yeah. but yeah. then they have they have like a gazetteer and then i just got um actually i, I, I i'm not going to do a mini review of this i don't think but I, I did an unboxing because I got a bunch of boxes. It's like it's like it seems like at least once a week I get a stack of boxes. I don't know how yeah. it was. And then um, but I I they got the I got they sent the adventure path. So they sent that separate. Oh, okay. They sent like okay. the adventure path and the map separate. Actually, in fact, they sent. I don't know. It must be cost effective for them. They sent the maps in a little like envelope, like all the maps. Oh and yeah. Like, and yeah, that came like a day. It. That came like a day earlier than the book or the box mm -hmm. with the book in it. It's yeah. kind of funny. The probably thing so looking at shipping they mm -hmm. could probably send up the envelope first class for like yeah. a couple of bucks okay. and then the book would go media for a couple of bucks but if they were together it'd be like 20 dollars yeah <laughs> yeah yes it's ridiculous sometimes so so yeah i think uh that's pretty cool yeah i think for me i, I don't know i i have so many that i'd want to run <laughs> sure yeah. and we keep it's like it's like i feel sometimes i have like a game master eight add Mm -hmm. um, oh yeah, I'm just thinking that. Yeah, and yeah, because we're 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 definitely plowing through. I think really well the Warhammer Fantasy enemy within mm -hmm. the campaign. Um, but Twilight like 2000 seems, still got got that. Yeah, Twilight 2000 still going. Tops is still alive. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah it's good. It's actually, I'll I'll talk about. I'm going to talk about more in detail. But it was kind of cool. Is uh, I I just ran some games at BSRCon. And one of the games is like uh, the I was going to have the results, and I'm going to have the results be canon in the okay. campaign in the campaign burst so it was oh, like the cool. it was like the b group uh or i don't know if it's a b group but it was like a group of the people in that that sort of platoon that is mm -hmm. the krakow free coalition yep. and they got sent to go rescue pope john paul from the from the celis that's great from a near and next the warlord next door mm -hmm. so it's probably going to prompt the celisian krakow war in the in the game so uh, interesting okay okay so, uh, no, so yeah, awesome, it's good. Man. Yeah, it's good. I actually, a couple characters really got in. I got a player. The cool thing is, there's some players um, that were not and uh, they're not involved with the campaign as a whole. Mm -hmm. I did have a couple ringers, but mm -hmm. half of the people were not involved in the campaign. They really saw thought it was a cool, a cool sell or cool pitch. And uh, one of them wants to, one of them wants actually wants to join the campaign now. oh yeah that's cool yeah. yeah yeah so so it's so it's pretty cool and then the other one did i think did really well really enjoyed the game really got they really got into it i mean it's kind of neat how i mean much like when we played boot hill the other mm -hmm. day and people get into the voices and oh yeah and the tropes yeah. oh they totally got into like the the war hero oh, cool. you know the war hero trope the oh like, yeah so that sounds you know, like the southern fun. southern accents you know mm -hmm. and, and everything so it's awesome you know yeah, what, awesome. You, what you'd expect in a group of a group of surviving americans in a post-apocalyptic type right. of war is kind of neat right so it's good it's really good oh and the, and the guy who played a pol guy played a polish guy like a polish uh policeman and uh and he got into it too it's really yeah neat. awesome yeah yeah awesome. it was good so yeah, yeah. it's good so it's been going really well too but i mean i don't know I, I have so many and like every time i get another box or whatever I, yeah I it's you know yeah. it's the ages old um fight between time and you know, number of games to play, right? Yeah. It's not enough time. This is true. So, uh, yeah, so I think the other one that I think that's going to be going strong and one that I wanted to do that, and that I finally got to the table is the Traveler. So, 
Oh yeah, that's great. And that's that's another one I never played or had any really experience with. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. maybe I'll, maybe I'll get on the rotation for a filler game on the Mon on the Reaper Mondays. Yeah. yeah, that'd be cool. That'd be cool. There's so many games like from back in the day, like that I just didn't have any exposure to. Mm -hmm. Cyberpunk is another one. Like I saw it, I saw it on the shelf, but I never played it. I never Dang. read it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, well, speaking of games and maybe new games, let's talk about your next project. Because I, oh, sure. I know I, because I did, I did save it because I am a Kickstarter super backer, so I click on everything. <laughs> and this is something called Darkness of the Demi Mon, mm -hmm. a Victorian pulp horror RPG. All right. So, I I only have like one sentence on it so i guess you get to talk about it here okay yeah um as much as you can i mean it's, it says utilizing a rules light system for fast play and immersive narrative in a world of investigation horror and the supernatural darkness go. of the demimond what else right. is there to say <laughs> um well, what's the game about i mean yeah Victorian... so uh, mond is um it kind of came about around halloween of last year uh and it grew out of it's a tunnel goons game so it runs off the 2d6 tunnel goon system really simple um and it actually grew directly out of a game called the midnight chimes now you might know that tunnel goons and all tunnel goons games are creative commons right so i don't know uh, knowing my players um in my home group I so the Midnight Chimes is all about playing supernatural creatures, vampires, werewolves, whatever. Um, knowing my players, I was like, I'm gonna make some rules to play humans, just a, like a an investigator type of character. And we played it, had a great time. Um, it was really kind of off the cuff, very little prep, very um, uh, improv heavy. Uh, and I don't know. After we played, I just kept kind of tinkering with it, and I came up with this game. Um, and it was, it was, I had made enough to, to make it something new, right? Uh, so I called it Darkness of the Demi Mond. Um, and with Reaver in the background, I know that I do want to run a Kickstarter on that, largely to pay for art and the hardcover printing. Uh, I decided that I wanted to do Zine Quest, and Demi Mond would be perfect for that. It's 32 pages without any stretch goals, it's 32 pages. Um, full game. Uh, you'll get character creation, a very minor setting, Victorian England, basically. Um, all your character creation, all like a, like a scenario, uh, and you're ready to go. It's really easy to jump into. Um, it's like I said, it's very open ended. The setting, like I said, is is not a focus. You can really base it anywhere you want. Um, the scenario that I'm putting together for it uh, is. I don't know if I'm going to put it in London, actually, or just like in the English countryside. It's still kind of in the works. Um, spoiler, I guess, for the for the Kickstarter. Um, so The Midnight Chimes was written by Scott Malthouse, uh, who people might know from Romance of the Perilous Kingdom. I think he did some work on uh, Against the Dark Master. He is, I've contracted him to actually do up a scenario as one of the stretch goals, and that would be added right to the book. So that might take the book up to about 36 pages. Yeah, so you can, in, in Demimon, you can play, like I said, a human investigator sort of person, where you could be you know, a detective or a journalist or professor, what have you. Um, they're called the Enlightened, and they're enlightened because they know that they're sort of like this, uh, the half world, right? The Demimon, where there are supernatural creatures uh, 
influencing the world, the mundane realm. And these human uh, enlightened characters will be looking to either maintain a balance between the real and the unreal or um, directly combat the forces of darkness, you know, that sort of thing. Uh, then the, the flip side of that is you can play the afflicted who are like any kind of supernatural creature, including like psychics or magicians. Uh, so you can play werewolf or vampire or a created like Frankenstein's monster. So yeah, that's all in there. And like I said, it's it's really easy to jump into. You could probably make a character in five minutes. Yeah, I think it's it'll be a good time. It'll be a good time. So I'm thinking like uh, even though I have I haven't seen the third season, which is bad of me. I'm thinking like Penny Dreadful. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, if if anybody has liked Penny Dreadful or The Alienist or Sherlock Holmes oh, or was, yeah. uh, any of those things, are certainly inspirations. Yeah, I like that stuff. is super interesting to me. Um, and, you know, going back, like you want to talk about like early um, gaming experience. One of my favorite settings was always Mask of the Red Death. For oh, Raven. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was like the 90s, right? And I haven't, I haven't yeah. played that for ages. Wow. But that's something that always stuck with me. I love that setting. Yeah. And that's, you know, it's, that's also an inspiration for this. Have you seen a, uh, there's like a Sigmund Freud show. I feel like no. it was a, yeah, but it, but it was really into that sort of, uh, the Austrian era, you know, right around where the Austro-Hungarian, Austrian-Hungarian yeah. war, so late, uh, late nineteenth century, same time period, oh, really. But it did have some, it had some supernatural elements in it, and you didn't know if it was like, is it supernatural? Is it uh, yeah. real? Is it drug-addled? Love it. Love so it. that yeah. could really th- be another inspiration, I think. Too, I'll, yeah, I think, uh, I think it's just called Freud. I have to look that up. Yeah. Um, yeah, television yeah, I mean, series. Um, yeah, here it is. See the magic of Google. Um, yeah, it was a, Freud is on uh, the TV series. Yeah, Austria is it Austro Austrian German. Yep, eighteen eighty six. You know, psychic crime. So it's it's German. So it's got you know subtitles and stuff like that. But really, pretty good. Really gets into the politics and all that too. So that, that I feel like that could. If you didn't want to be in Victorian England, or maybe mm-hmm. hey, maybe that could be a you know Absolutely. if this does really well, it'll be the the you know the next uh, the world next part of the world book. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know, like I said, like you can place it anywhere you want. Yeah, yeah. The, the late nineteenth century is in the Wild West. Um, call it colon- you know, the horrors of colonialism, uh, industrialization, um, yeah. all of those things. I mean, you could. Edgar Allan Poe, right? It's like you put in Baltimore oh, yeah. on the East Coast, right? You know, Jack the Ripper, like all that yeah. stuff. Oh yeah, yeah, totally cool. Yeah. Well, sounds really good. When is it? Do you know when it's? Um... Yeah, that is actually going to drop a week from today. Uh, I think. What's today? Today uh, is February first. It's going to run February first. So that will be. So we are recording on the twenty fourth of January. So you're right. So like a week. Yeah, I think it's next week. Wednesday. So yeah. next next Wednesday. That's cool. Yeah, so, and the uh, the product page is up, so people can find that. Um, you can press save so you'll get notified it's coming soon <laughs> so who's doing are you doing all the um, art i guess you do you did stock art i guess all the stock art you you sell on drive through is your yeah that's all me um in the game some of you'll see some of the art on the uh uh on the kickstarter page that's my art um mm-hmm. the vampire that you'll see i did some uh stock art in that as well i actually get i love like watercolor and that sort of thing so i i go on um market and there's these great artists on there that do like you know sort of like scenery or whatever. Yeah. Um, it's great for like just spot art, you know. Um, 
yeah so there's gonna be some stock art in my art <laughs> okay yeah. as far as uh i guess as far as like backing levels and rewards uh there will be a pdf only uh there will be pdf plus print on demand coupons so that you could you would just get it directly from drive through that shipped to you uh, and then the the big one is a limited edition, signed and numbered, um, saddle stitched copy. It'll be printed through MixM. Um, it'll oh, have wow. a special cover. Well, it'll it'll have a, a soft what they call the soft touch cover, which is supposed okay. to be. Like oh, um, I guess on the product on the preview page, there's like this thing with like black background and silver. That is know. that'll be the cover. That'll, that'll be the cover uh, for both versions. Yeah, yeah. but it's it looks like leather, and you see it. Yeah, I love those. So I'm, feel like yeah, man, Joe, I hate you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm not looking at yourself. <laughs> I know I'm a sucker for that type of stuff. I mean, like yeah. I, I I got I even even though I subscribe, for example, to Paizo, um, and mm -hmm. I get all the Adventure Path. Um, I've been a subscriber since Rise of the Rune Lords, honestly. Wow. Yeah. But I, I, I from uh, Dragon's Lair, my my gaming store that I here in San Antonio, mm -hmm. Texas. Um, I bought the the deluxe Abomination Vaults all in one with the nice, nice. Faux, faux leather, le and I did that with the Kingmaker has that faux green leather. I bought the <laughs> Warhammer Fantasy, the zoo, the bestiary, the zoo book. I had to mm -hmm. buy it with the yeah. All right, cool, cool. I probably yeah, well get a. I'll, I'll be dropping probably uh, at that level. Oh, sounds good. Sounds good. That that's actually going to be limited edition. I'm only going to print. Um, well, there's a hundred available. So yeah, wow. Um, first come, first serve. Um, there you go. I have to print a few more than that just for wastage and um, to send to my uh, support. Wow. Place. Well, that that sounds, oh, sounds that sounds very exciting. Looking forward to it. And actually, since we've been talking, I'm reminded, or it finally came to my mind. That you also did some work and you mentioned Northwind Games, Jeff Tolanian earlier. You did some work in Hyperborea. Yeah. I did. yeah the um, Forgotten Fane of the Coiled Goddess is by Joe Salvador. Yeah. You guys uh, didn't so know? That's, a, that's an interesting story. And and I'll, you know, I'll uh, always be in debt to Jeff for giving me a shot. But I wrote up in that, in that sort of adventure there's like a, a short portion i don't know maybe 10 pages or so that is like just setting setting mm -hmm. material right um i wrote that and with the intention of like sending it to like i don't remember what the zine was at the time like gygax magazine or like knock or whatever and just you know just as like a contribution you know so i reached out to jeff at the time and said hey you know i wrote this thing kind of wanted to send it to a magazine uh how would you feel about that whatever and um he didn't get back for a few weeks so i figured he hated me well it turns out i i emailed him i said hey just you know just reaching out again and he at which point he got back right away and he said uh i'll publish this if you write an adventure for it and you know i'll pay you so that was my start in like publishing wow and yeah i mean i mean anybody who's backed any of jeff's stuff they they should know that he's really reliable his kickstarters run like like clockwork right mm -hmm. um and he's been a great influence uh big help to me as far as uh you know just going through the process of writing forgotten fame mm -hmm. um he gave me such great feedback as far as like you know i would send him a draft and he would he would send it back and say hey even like things like this paragraph you use this word like three times like let's change it a couple times things that you don't know like at the time like i would not have recognized right right uh, yeah, just a huge help. Just a, a great guy. Yeah. 
That's cool. Cool. Any other projects regarding Hyperborea? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Is that, is that uh, like a what you think? Feel like that's a one and done? There's a uh, there's kind of a a second Lemurian um, scenario in my brain. I just oh. need to find time to write it. And I don't know if that's a spoiler, uh, but yeah, Jeff did ask me if I would be interested in in doing that. A long time ago, I said yes, and you know all these other projects have gotten in the way but uh it's there you know in this in this mess that i call the brain <laughs> yeah but in due time i mean you have uh this kickstarter coming out darkness of the Demimond, and then you just did the reaver and you, you just met you mentioned here you want to do a reaver quick kickstarter like yeah. uh sometime during 2023 right so yeah i mean i'm thinking they say that the best time to run a kickstarter is the spring so i mean okay. maybe i should push it to next next spring but possibly just this fall um okay you know so much of it is done like like i mean i guess you've seen it right like you've seen mm -hmm. the document um now i have to go through the core book and take out all the ogl stuff i haven't done that yet mm -hmm. uh i have to finish the setting um and the gm section once that's done you know uh we'll be good to go i, I intend to get some art you know kind of pre-production probably a cover and some of the interior art uh i know my my, my my good friend uh, Marcine S, um, my artist, is uh, ready to go. I just talked to him today, actually. Yeah. Uh, I just need to um, kind of get the the text squared away so I know where I need art, and uh, we'll get a few pieces in. Well, cool. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to it, um, and uh, looking forward to all that you produce. I've really enjoyed Reaver, and I'm grateful to be a part of it. And um, I, I hope that. I hope that uh, my listeners. Uh, hear these things that Joe's coming up with and are be very excited to to see them in the near future, one week and a day from today. Um, probably, yeah, so February 1st is when the Zine Quest uh, project is going to be starting. And then we'll look forward to um, Reaver, the full book in the future. And the quick start's really neat. Um, it's a, uh, it's, it's a lot a lot more than you i mean it's it's, it's big. big it's 96 it's page 96 pages and uh, yeah. it's got setting a mini gazetteer setting um the rules yeah, I, an adventure yeah i mean if you want to talk about that um first off you know i appreciate you as a player man like your input has been extremely helpful and like i don't even know if the game would be where it is without you and jason and everybody else that we play with yeah um your feedback's Thank always you. greatly appreciated um but yeah, no, I, uh, you know, the majority of a game, all these role-playing games, is like the combat stuff, really. Uh, so a lot of that is in there. Like, you're getting most of that uh, in the quick start. Obviously, mm -hmm. you're missing characterization and the full spell list and all of that. Right. Um, but there's quite a bit there. The scenario that is in it presents, um, what, uh, two plot hooks, major plot hooks. Uh, and I, I ran that every other week for at least three months maybe four months i got okay. a lot of play out of that oh they're long so you, you couldn't really do this as like a oh no you could absolutely i ran it as one shots as well oh, uh okay. you just you kind of pick your pick your setting or your, you pick your um your plot hook uh start and media res and just mm -hmm. go from it okay um, maybe that would it's come... really written as a kind of like a sandbox and you can just you can just let it keep going yeah oh, that's cool well that's good yeah i mean i i mean convention season's coming up i I, I just finished BS at a kind of online convention, but I like to go to uh, 
Chup- I almost said Comericon. That doesn't mm-hmm. exist anymore. Chupacabracon in Austin, and then um, North Texas uh, RPG cool. Con. So I don't know. Maybe I'll try to run some Reaver. That would be know, amazing. Let you know amazing. how it goes. Yeah, yeah. I definitely want to. Yeah, do some some of these quick starts and stuff like that. Uh, yeah. yeah, I'm really looking forward to hearing hearing the feedback that comes. Right, that's a so that's far. the biggest test, right? Is I mean, you yeah, is like you yeah. can write something and i'm like i'm in the middle of writing a couple things and i've gotten some good mm-hmm. feedback i just i'm not as disciplined as i need to be to to no, get them down and, yeah and uh but but the biggest thing is for someone to take your your stuff mm-hmm. and run it and then right. see how that goes right i mean it's right. um, huge because you you know like okay. you know all the you know all the the tricks you know you know all the mm-hmm. the i don't know oh, like the work the workarounds if there is a problem right 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 so with, like, with the scenario like like I don't know that writing that as a as a sandbox is the best plan. Uh, I'll mm-hmm. just say that most most of your quick starts are railroad, right? Right. Oh, for well, sure. Go from here to there to there. Um, that's not how I run games, and that's not how I wanted to write it. So, I mean, I I, I can understand if somebody gives me a hit on that. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I said, it's it, it's quite a bit there, and if somebody can. Like you said, if somebody can take that and run it and understand where it's going, what, what I'm trying to do with it or whatever, um, and just kind of make it their own, that, that's what I want to hear about. And I want to hear if those rules make sense. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Neat, neat. All right. Well, I got one last question for you, Joe. And, and sure. honestly, I'm still debating if I'm going to put this in into the podcast. But, uh, you know, our last name, Salvador Rodriguez, um, a lot of times when you when someone asks you what's your name, mm-hmm. um, you know, we don't pronounce it like the the ethnic way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I usually default to Rodriguez, sure. probably to Salvador. Yeah. But um, but hey, what how does it feel? I mean, there are not as a lot of I, I would say Hispanic Americans, mm-hmm. uh, people uh, that have a similar background like you and I. There are more and more. No, uh, absolutely. In, in the hobby, absolutely. in the hobby, and there's, do you feel you have a responsibility? Is that that too heavy? Is that sorry? Is that too heavy a question? That too heavy. <laughs> but I mean, <laughs> how do you feel question. about how do you feel um, about that? I mean, I don't. I I feel like I've always felt this right. So even growing up, that mm-hmm. that was you know th- that uh, both uh, gaming and heavy metal music were the places that it didn't didn't matter the color of your skin, what right your, the accent on how you pronounce your 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 last name or whatever. It was mm-hmm. always a welcoming environment. So yep. I, I've always felt that way in the RPG hobby. Um, but but then, it's, you know, as authors, as an author, you reach out to other people, too. So I, mm-hmm. how do you feel about being a Hispanic American, I guess, in, um, in the gaming industry? Or- That's a huge question. And honestly, yeah. let's not. I mean, it's not something I think about a lot. You know, I, I guess, uh, you know, I guess I'm, I'm, I feel blessed. Right. It's, and it's interesting because you before we start recording you know i said that you know my hispanic ancestry is is pretty far in the past right like uh my my father was half mestizo and and half like european mutt um so i'm one, only you know 25 percent uh you know hispanic um and my grandfather would always say that he was half mexican whatever that means and half Indian and um I believe that we are either Aztec or Pura Picha people I don't know if I said that right Pura Pica and like I said that's kind of like a lost 
it's, it's horrible to say, but it's kind of like a lost history in, in the family, right? And, you know, I guess being Americans, it's just kind of like what happens. Um, what What is interesting to me is my, my, my dad, God rest his soul, would never have said he was Mexican. Hmm. He always said he was Indian. Um, and I think that probably is part of his time growing up, you know, the 40s and the 50s, um, the 60s. That, that wasn't the time to say that you were not white. Mm -hmm. um, even my grandfather, let me, I wish I could show you a picture on, on audio, but uh, I have a picture of my grandfather wearing like a, like a mock headdress and he looks like he's right out of like you know john wayne movie um but yeah i mean i i that's something that i've embraced myself like i'm happy to say yeah i'm, I'm mexican everybody thinks i'm italian because i'm tall and dark haired um everybody calls me salvatore right yeah i think uh, i made that mistake earlier too i thought it was like salvatore or something <laughs> yeah um but no you know whatever like it's it's all fine with me um but yeah, like I've embraced that. Like I'm, I'm happy to uh, embrace that heritage, you know. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess like do you, I, I felt like that. Like I shared about RPGs. I, I feel it's a welcoming community, and it. I agree. You know, yeah, like, if you make a, if you make a good product, people are going to buy it. They're not. They're not going to look at your lesson and go, "Oh, I'm not going to get that because the X or the color of your skin." Right. They don't care. I would certainly hope. Or even, like even at any table too. I mean, even at any yeah. table, you know. Yeah, yeah like it's all as a welcoming community. Um, you know, with Reaver, you know, I've you know, I play tested that with you guys and with a few other groups online and at origins of uh, what was it, 2021, I think. And that I had great, a great experience there. I played with African American uh, gentlemen's uh, gentlemen's plural. Um, I played with some ladies, everybody loved it. And some of the best feedback I had was that they appreciated the fact that I had uh, pre-gens that were uh, minorities and i think that's awesome yeah i hope that that can continue and, and it, you know in the gaming community in, in general like there's bigotry everywhere whatever community you get to get into i don't care what it is there's gonna be some some people that are nice basically i just hope that you know in the gaming community like you said when we were younger it didn't really matter like just you're just playing games and you have fun yeah let's just get back to that right yeah for sure well, great. Well, thank you for sharing that, Joe. Um, and I'm I'm glad to be a part of your uh, ongoing development of, of Reaver and the verse. It's definitely, for me, it's very immersive. I don't know. Uh, I guess we're going to have to, well, probably better for a form like Cerebrivore, because it is more cerebral to understand your, it seems like you've done a lot of reading and study on a lot of different historical, uh, historically a lot of it seems like in Reaver, a lot of the cultures that you you've developed have a historical basis. There, there's like yes. an orthologue yeah. somewhere, but it seems it's it's very immersive for me. Um, and I, you know, and I, and I think you've shared that study that you've done, you know, with with the players with the development of the world. So I think uh, that's definitely what appeals to me for Reaver. Mechanics, mechanics are mechanics. <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah, right. It's, it's, it's a joke among my players that you know what is it? Is it awareness, perception, spot hidden? What the hell is? Yeah, what's it going to what, be? Right. What's it? What is it this week? Right or today? <laughs> but uh, you know, but I, I, I yeah. the mechanics, the beauty of the game Reaver is that the mechanics do not get in the way. Oh, I appreciate it, that. Man. And the yeah. world, and the world is immersive, 
and you can you really get into it we get into it um cool. and i think that a lot of that is because of the like all the little all the little things that you throw out you know <laughs> when we play <laughs> like we learn we learn a new part of, of the world every time we play which I think is <laughs> well that's 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 the goal right i love world that's building cool. man that's, yeah. that's one of my favorite parts of this whole thing so yeah okay. that's a whole other conversation all right well great well thank you uh, very much joe um, thank you for for coming on this this show and uh i will put all these cool links in the show notes from the quick starter for reaver for eldritch tales uh for the darkness of the demi mode kickstarter that's coming out and hey you guys should all check out uh his uh Northwind product too forgotten fane of the coral goddess uh i got a link for that as well um so uh so again thanks joe and uh i'll talk to you soon again thank you for having me on coral appreciate it